Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 151. Today, I want to continue what we started out of Psalm 32 on how to find our way when we have lost our way. Now, I'm not talking about being lost as in undone and unsaved. No, I'm talking about those who are on the path of life and we grow discouraged, perhaps make a detour. We wander aimlessly trying to find direction that we felt once was so sure. How do we get back on track? Well, first of all, let me just say to you, it's not just individuals, but it's also churches. I have read recently research by demographers and research corporations that say that as high as 20 to 25 percent of all the evangelical churches now that are in existence will, in the course of the next 12 to 18 months, fall by the wayside. That is, they will close their doors. I personally believe after surveying a very limited survey across America, talking with pastors from a variety of communities, north and south of the Mason-Dixon line, in the west, southwest, and northwest, and certainly in the southeastern United States, I believe that that number could go as high as 30%. That's right, 3 in 10 over the next 12 to 18 months will close their doors. But let me say to you, that is not entirely all bad. The fact is, some churches need to close because they no longer are fulfilling the purpose of any church. They're just simply hanging on and taking up space when the buildings and the assets that they have could be used for the glory of God, not only in this country, but around the world. And so what I'm saying to you is this is an opportunity for a reset, to restart in the best sense of the word. Many churches during this time and season of COVID that we have just gone through, we have an opportunity to not only reset our lives individually, but reset our churches, because it seems like that many have fallen by the wayside. It's a good time for pastors to take real inventory as to why as high as 90% of all evangelical churches, certainly Southern Baptist churches, have plateaued. That is, they flatlined or they are in decline. And I'm just being honest about it. And if churches would be accurate in their figures, they would see the same thing happening. And so it's time for a real inventory into where we are where we believe God wants us to go according to his word and get on with getting there. And so that happens in individual lives as well. And that's where I want to focus in on. The psalmist said that God told David that he would instruct him and teach him in the way that he should go, that he would lead him in the best way that he should go, that he would instruct him with his eye. Now, in order for someone to be instructed by someone else's eye, they have to know that person. They have to be in a relationship close enough to where they can know when a person is pleased or when they are disappointed by the look in their eye. This is David talking about finding new direction because he had lost his way. 
And Psalm 51, he confesses his sin to God, his transgression, his rebellion, and had asked God to create a clean heart in him because his heart was dirty, and to forgive his sin, and to take away his shortcomings. And indeed, God had done that. Now, David paid an awful price for that, and a child lost his life. We know the sad story. But the fact is, it was not the end for David, nor is sin in any life the end for the child of God. Just like the grave is not the end because there's a wonderful resurrection to come one day. And that's true in the life of the child of God. Many times who has lost their way or who has sinned or has just simply lost direction and a sense of God's presence in their life. Now, let me assure you, just because we don't sense God's presence doesn't mean that his presence is not with us. And there's a lot of reasons why we lose the sense of God's presence. But one of them is sin, and we need to deal with that. Sometimes it's just simply because we're not studying intently and disciplining ourselves to get into the Word of God on a regular basis and praying and seeking the face of God. The Bible says we will find Him when we seek Him with all of our hearts. And so how is it that we find the will of God for our lives? Well, we find the will of God for our lives in the Word of God. You see, God's will is found in His Word. God's Word is like a lamp. It's like a light. The psalmist said in 119, It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Now, if you've ever seen the lamp that the psalmist was referring to, all of the ancient lamps would fit in the palm of your hand that the psalmist is referring to. It would be like a candlelight, perhaps even less than a candlelight. And when you look at that, what the psalmist is saying is that if you're holding out a lamp in your hand, you can only see to take one step at a time. You take one step, then you get light to see another step and then light to see another step, then light to take another step. You see, the reality is that sometimes we want God to tell us what his plan and his will and his way for our life is so we can negotiate with him and argue with him and debate with him. God's not in the debating mood, and God's not into arguing about his will. His will is non-negotiable. And when we stand before God, we need to stand before him as servants, willing servants, as bond slaves, wanting nothing but his best. And then that's when we'll find it, and we'll begin to find God's best for our lives and God's way. And so we need to get into his word and look for just enough light to take the next step. And then in obedience, we, by God's God's grace, take that step, and God shows us more light. And then there may be the dawning of the day when we can see on down the road. But the fact that we see on down the road doesn't mean that the fog might not come in at any time and cloud our way. What I'm saying to you is, if we're going to walk with God and find our way again, we've got to get back into the Word of God. And the same way that we get into the Word of God to be saved, or we hear the Word of God to be saved, is the same way way that we walk with God. That's why the Apostle Paul said in the book of Colossians, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. As you have received him, that's the way that you walk in him and walk with him and find your way. Well, how is that? 
Well, the Bible talks about the word in two ways. It talks about it as the logos. That's the concept, content. That is the written word. That is the living word. Sometimes we can read the Bible and it's like cereal. It's dry, but it's nourishing. Sometimes it's like peaches and cream and it's wonderful. It's like dessert. But we have to continually read the word of God. But you know that many times you can read the word, I can read the word, and we just don't get direction from it. But then there's other times when we're reading it and it seems like that the words just jump off the page and into our hearts. That's when the Bible says that the word, the logos, becomes the rhema or the rhematos. That is, it becomes God's living spoken word to us. And it gets into our hearts. It becomes a prophetic word to us, a word of direction. And that's happened in many of our lives. And as a matter of fact, that's how a person is saved. When the book of Romans in chapter 10 says, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, the word there for word is not not logos, it's the word rhema, rhematos. It is the word that talks about when it becomes alive. It is prophetic. It's spoken personally to you. And that's why you can read passages over and over again, and then all of a sudden, God makes it real to your heart. That's when the logos becomes the rhema. That's how we find our way. That's how we find God's direction. Let me tell you a very personal story, if I might. And if I may, I was very young in the Lord. I hadn't been saved very long, about just a little over a year. And I was searching for God's will about where to be trained and to be educated and schooled in the Word of God. I had the choice to stay around close. There was a liberal school north of where I lived. There was a independent fundamental school that was more like boot camp than Bible school just south of where I lived. And I didn't know if I needed to go to either one of those. And then someone had told me about a school in Texas. As a matter of fact, it was a liberal guy that was telling me, well, the way you believe the Bible's the infallible word of God, you need to go to a school out in Texas that W.A. Criswell just started up called the Criswell Bible Institute. And it was unheard of. It was unaccredited. But it was a place where you get solid Bible training. And it had arisen out of what was called the School of the Prophets. And I'd heard W.A. Crystal preach, and I had never heard a man preach like that in my life. It was intellectually, emotionally, theologically, historically accurate and stimulating. And, oh, hey, bless my heart. And But the school was nearly a 1,000 miles away from my home, and I'd never been any farther west than Nashville, and it was in Dallas, Texas. That was a frightening thought to even think that. And so I could stay there, and I could take care of my grandmother, or I could go west, and I was sitting under an old oak tree that's now been cut down at the head of our driveway, which was a half a mile long off the dirt road at the time. And I was looking out toward the mountains, the Blue Ridge Mountains, and I began to pray and ask God. I had been earnestly seeking Him, fasting, praying, seeking God. Where do you want me to go? Do you want me to stay here? Do you want me to go west and leave everything and everybody and my family and go west? And as I sat there, just out of nowhere, it seemed, just jumped into my mind the verses out of the book of Genesis that God spoke to Abraham and said, get out from your family, from your kindred, from this land unto a land that I will show you. And 
it was as though God was speaking to me. Now, I had read that passage many times because I had been consuming the Word of God. And I was fascinated with the stories of Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy and all of the stories of the Judges and the Samuel Kings and Chronicles material. But I'll tell you, that passage came into my mind and heart, and I could not get it out of my mind. It was as though God was speaking directly to me and said, Tony, for you to become what I want you to be. You're going to need to leave your grandmother, your brothers. You're going to need to leave this country that you know and love, and you're going to have to go west unto a land that I'll show you where you've never been, and there I'll do in your life what needs to be done. And that logos, the written word of God, became the raiment of my heart, and it was the deciding factor and the verse that God gave me that I based my move and my first walk, great step of faith in taking God at his word and moving to a place where I'd never been. And that was the beginning of a great adventure with God. Over and over again, I can trace back every major decision I've ever made that's been right and godly has been when God has given me a particular passage of scripture, always in context, always an answer to what I had been praying for that gave me the freedom to follow God and gave me direction and put my life back on the path when I had lost my way or couldn't find my way. And so I want to say to you, as you walk on the way today, that if you will get in the Word of God, you just read and you read the Word of God, it's alive, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, any sharper than any priest's fillet knife, all of those terms and terminologies we can use to describe the Word of God, the logos. But there will be a time when that logos will become rhema, it'll be a prophetic word to your heart, and it will be as a voice behind you that says, this is the way, walk in it, and then you'll be on your way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.